Chapter One, Sections One through Seven of Backwater. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Backwater by Dorothy Richardson. Chapter One, Sections One through Seven. One a swarthy turbaned face shone at miriam from a tapestry screen standing between her and the ferns rising from a basket framework in the bow of the window consulting it at intervals as the afternoon wore on she found that it made very light of the quiet propositions that were being elaborated within hearing of her inattentive ears looking beyond it she could catch glimpses between the crowded fernery when a tram was not jingling by of a close-set palisade just across the roadway and beyond the palisade of a green level ending at a row of spanish poplars the trams seemed very near and noisy when they passed by the window the speakers had to raise their voices otherwise the little drawing-room was very quiet with a strange old-fashioned quietness it was full of old things like the goblin screen and old thoughts like the thoughts of the ladies who were sitting and talking there she and her mother had seemed quite modern fussy worldly people when they had first come into the room from the moment the three ladies had come in and begun talking to her mother the things in the room and the view of the distant row of poplars had grown more and more peaceful and now at the end of an hour she felt that she and to some extent mrs henderson too belonged to the old-world room with its quiet green outlook shut in by the poplars only the trams were disturbing they came busily by with their strange jingle jingle plock plock and made her inattentive why were there so many people coming by in trams where were they going why were all the trams painted that hard dingy blue the sisters talked quietly outlining their needs in smooth gentle voices in small broken phrases frequently interrupting and correcting each other miriam heard dreamily that they wanted help with the lower school the children from six to eight years of age in the mornings and afternoons and in the evenings a general superintendence of the four boarders they kept on saying that the work was very easy and simple there were no naughty girls hardly a single naughty girl in the school there should be no difficult superintendence no exercise of authority would be required by the time they had reached the statement of these modifications miriam felt that she knew them quite well the shortest who did most of the talking and who had twinkling eyes and crooked pince-nez and soft reddish cheeks and a little red-tipped nose and whose small coil of sheeny grey hair was pinned askew on the top of her head stray loops standing out at curious angles was miss jenny the middle one the very tall one sitting opposite her with a delicate wrinkled creamy face and coal-black eyes and a peak of ringleted smooth coal-black hair was the eldest miss deborah the other sister much younger with neat smooth green-grey hair and a long sad greyish face and faded eyes was miss hattie they were all three dressed in thin fine black material and had tiny hands and little softly moving feet what did they think of the trams do you think you could manage it chickie said mrs henderson suddenly i think i could no doubt my dear oh no doubt said miss jenny with a little sound of laughter 
as she tapped her knee with the pince-nez she had plucked from their rakish perch on the reddened bridge of her nose i don't think i could teach scripture an outbreak of incoherent little sounds and statements from all three taught her that miss deborah took the bible classes of the whole school how old is miriam just eighteen she has put up her hair to-day oh poor child she need not have done that she is a born teacher she used to hold little classes amongst her schoolfellows when she was only eight years old miriam turned sharply to her mother she was sitting with her tired look bright eyes and moist flushed face how had she heard about the little classes had there been little classes she could not remember them she speaks french like a parisienne that was that silly remark made by the woman in the train coming home from hanover eh we thought it was in germany she was yes but i learned more french the sisters smiled provisionally she shared a room with a mademoiselle oh uh perhaps she might speak french with the girls oh no i couldn't speak there was a tender little laugh i don't know french conversation well well the sisters brought the discussion to an end by offering twenty pounds a year in return for miriam's services and naming the date of the beginning of the autumn term two on the way to the front door they all looked into the principal schoolroom miriam saw a long wide dining-room table covered with brown american cloth shelves neatly crowded with books lined one wall from floor to ceiling opposite them at the far end of the room was a heavy grey marble mantelpiece on which stood a heavy green marble clock frame at its centre a gold-faced clock ticked softly opposite the windows were two shallow alcoves in one stood a shrouded blackboard on an easel the other held a piano with a high slender back the prancing outward sweep of its lid gave miriam the impression of an afternoon dress miss deborah drew up one of the venetian blinds they all crowded to the window and looked out on a small garden backed by trees and lying in deep shadow beyond were more gardens and the brownish backs of small old brick houses low walls separated the school garden from the gardens on either side on our right we have a school for the deaf and dumb said miss perne on the other side is a family of polish jews three mother why did you pile it on they would soon be down at the corner of banbury park where the tram lines ended and the favourite omnibuses were standing in the muddy road under the shadow of the railway bridge through the jingling of the trams the dop-dop of the hoofs of the tram horses and the noise of a screaming train thundering over the bridge miriam made her voice heard gazing through the spotted veil at her mother's quivering features they might have made me do all sorts of things i can't do mrs henderson's voice breathless with walking made a little sound of protest a narrowed sound that told miriam her amusement was half annoyance the dark noisy bridge the clatter and rattle and the mud through which she must plunge to an omnibus exasperated her to the limit of her endurance i got the post she said angrily and you could see it was all settled and then you went saying those things glancing at the thin shrouded features she saw the faint lift of her mother's eyebrows and the firmly speechless mouth piccadilly jump on chickie let's go outside now it's fine said miriam crossly reaching the top of the omnibus she hurried to the front seat on the left-hand side that's a very windy spot no it isn't it's quite hot the sun's come out now it's rained for weeks 
it won't rain any more it'll be hot you won't feel the wind will you have the corner mother no chick you sit there miriam screwed herself into the corner seat crossing her knees and grazing the tips of her shoes this is the only place on the top of a bus mrs henderson sat down at her side i always make harriet come up here when we go up to the west end of course it's the only place she insisted in response to her mother's amused laugh no one's smoking or talking in front you can see out in front and you can see the shops if there are any and you're not falling off all the time the bus goes on the left side of the road and tilts to the left the seats were filling up and the driver appeared clambering into his place didn't you ever think of that didn't you ever think of the bus tilting that way persisted miriam to her mother's inattentive face fancy never thinking of it it's beastly on the other side the omnibus jerked forward you ought to be a man mimmy i like that little short one said miriam contentedly as they came from under the roar of the bridge they were awfully nice weren't they they seemed to have made up their mind to take me before we went so i think they like us i wonder why they like us didn't you think they liked us don't you think they are awfully nice i do they are very charming ladies yes but wasn't it awfully rum their liking us in that funny way i'm sure i don't see why they should not oh mother you know what i mean i like them i'm perfectly sure i shall like them do you remember the little one saying all girls ought to marry why did she say that they are dear funny little o m said mrs henderson merrily she was sitting with her knees crossed the stuff of her brown canvas dress was dragged across them into an ugly fold by the weight of the velvet panel at the side of the skirt she looked very small and resourceless and there were the perns with their house and their school they were old maids of course what then i never dreamed of getting such a big salary oh my chickie i'm afraid it isn't much it is mother it's lovely oh eh well miriam turned fiercely to the roadway on her left four she had missed the first swing forward of the vehicle and the first movements of the compact street they were going ahead now at a steady even trot her face was bathed in the flow of the breeze little rivulets played about her temples feeling their way through her hair she drew off her gloves without turning from the flowing roadway as they went on and on down the long road miriam forgot her companion in the tranquil sense of being carried securely forward through the air away from people and problems ahead of her at the end of the long drive lay three sunlit weeks bright now in the certainty of the shadow that lay beyond them the junior school four boarders five they lumbered at last round a corner and out into a wide thoroughfare drawing up outside a newly built public house above it rose row upon row of upper windows sunken masses of ornamental terracotta coloured plaster branch roads laid with tram lines led off in every direction miriam's eyes followed a dull blue tram with a grubby white painted seatless roof jingling busily off up a roadway where short trees stood all the way along in the small dim gardens of little grey houses on the near corner of the road stood a wide white building bulging into heavy domes against the sky across its side large gilt letters standing far apart spelled out banbury empire it must be a theatre she told herself in astonishment that's what they call a suburban theatre people think it is really a theatre the little shock sent her mind feeling out along the road they had just left 
she considered its unbroken length its shops its treelessness the wide thoroughfare up which they now began to rumble repeated it on a larger scale the pavements were wide causeways reached from the roadway by stone steps three deep the people passing along them were unlike any she knew there were no ladies no gentlemen no girls or young men such as she knew they were all alike they were she could find no word for the strange impression they made it coloured the whole of the district through which they had come it was part of the new world to which she was pledged to go on september eighteenth it was her world already and she had no words for it she would not be able to convey it to others she felt sure her mother had not noticed it she must deal with it alone to try to speak about it even with eve would sap her courage it was her secret a strange secret for all her life as hanover had been but hanover was beautiful with distant country through the saul windows with its colours misty in the sunlight the beautiful happy town and the woodland villages so near this new secret was shabby ugly and shabby the half-perceived something persisted unchanged when the causeways and shops disappeared and long rows of houses streamed by their close ranks broken only by an occasional crossroad they were large high flat-fronted houses with flights of grey stone steps leading to their porchless doors they had tiny railed-in front gardens crowded with shrubs here and there long narrow strips of garden pushed a row of houses back from the roadway in these longer plots stood signboards and showcases photographic studio commercial college eye treatment academy of dancing she read the announcements with growing disquietude rows of shops reappeared and densely crowded pavements and then more high straight houses six she roused herself at last from her puzzled contemplation and turned to glance at her mother mrs henderson was looking out ahead the exhausted face was ready miriam saw with its faintly questioning eyebrows and tightly held lips for emotional response she turned away uneasily to the spellbound streets useless to try to talk about anything mother would be somehow violent she would be overpowering the strange new impressions would be dissolved but she must do something show some sign of companionship she began humming softly the air was so full of clamour that she could not hear her voice the houses and shops had disappeared drab brick walls were passing slowly by on either side a goods yard she deepened her humming accentuating her phrases so that the sound might reach her companion through the reverberations of the clangour of shunting trains seven the high brick walls were drawing away the end of the long roadway was in sight its widening mouth offered no sign of escape from the disquieting strangeness the open stretch of thoroughfare into which they emerged was fed by innumerable lanes of traffic from the islands dotted over its surface towered huge lamp standards branching out thin arms as they rattled noisily over the stone sets they jolted across several lines of tramway and wove their way through currents of traffic crossing each other in all directions i wonder where we're going i wonder if this is a piccadilly bus miriam thought of saying impossible to shout through the din end of chapter one sections one through seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine